Right, our guest today is one of the most high-profile figures in Australian sports media. She's an incredible professional who has worked her way up through dedication and incredible sporting knowledge and a huge passion for the industry. Her interviews are always brilliant and her presenting is second to none. Her impressive resume includes appearances on Before the Game, AFL Tonight, On the Mark and The Footy Show. And today, I'm honoured to have her here on The Gym Session. Welcome, Nerily Meadows. Thank you very much. That was a lovely intro. <laughs> no worries. I'll, I'll start with the standard question. Uh, how's lockdown been for you? You said you had uh, a bit of time on your hands. What's been keeping you busy, though, this um, this period? Yeah, it's been long. I uh, live in Melbourne, so it's definitely been a long period. This is the longest I've ever gone uh, without seeing my family because my yeah. uh, most of my family are back in WA. So mm. certainly had its challenges, um, but I have gone back to uni, uh, so oh, I'm yeah. doing a short course in mental health and counselling, which is something that I've always had an interest in. So uh, yeah, been busy with that. Other than that, I'm getting bloody good at doing puzzles, um, <laughs> and I've spoken to my mum more in the last five months than I'll probably have in the rest of my life, yeah. I think, over the phone. So a bit like everyone. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Um, and I can see, yeah, you, you're, um, your passion for uh, the counselling and that sort of thing, especially with your podcast um, recently. So I've been loving listening to the uh, Ordinarily Speaking. Uh, the name is great too. You've interviewed you. some, some big stars. Gym session's pretty good as well. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, I got inspiration <laughs> from yours. But um, you've, you've interviewed the likes of uh, you know Nathan Lyon, Dale Thomas, Adam Trelaw. Um, they get pretty emotional as well during these interviews. Is there one that's kind of um, most memorable to you or one special moment you can remember? Yeah, look, they're all... Um they all meant a lot to me and I definitely, um, you know, a lot of effort went into each one and a lot of trust with, with the person speaking. Um, it's hard to pick, but I'd say the one with Peter Siddle probably surprised me a lot because I am actually quite good mates with him as well. I There was parts of his story that even I didn't know as a, as a mate of his and I was really impressed with how deep he was willing to go into his alcohol troubles. Um, so that one really stood out to me. Another one was Sabrina Duffy. She's a, um, a young Fremantle star uh, playing in the AFLW and um, her, you know, her life has been marred by adversity. Both of her parents have struggled with drug addiction and being in and out of jail and hearing her story and her resilience. And she was also the youngest guest that I had. Yeah. Um, spoke to her when she was 19. She's now 20. And, yeah, I found that really, really inspiring. And it's been really lovely, the amount of feedback. I, I got an email just the other day by a, a teacher who said he was going to be using that interview as, um, as part of his resilience um, programming for a, a bunch of the girls that he taught. So awesome. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, they're all, all different, very different reasons but um yeah definitely each and every one of them had a moment um or, or more where i thought yeah that's that's a pretty um you know special bit of communication yeah definitely and uh, you've been through a fair bit yourself obviously over in your sports media journey i believe you worked your way up from 6pr in perth i think it was sports reporter for channel 7 then you've gone on to host and appear on before the game afl tonight on the mark the footy show can you explain your journey into breaking into the sports media world and what kind of inspired you when you were younger to aim for a career i guess in that industry yeah, so I was about, I grew up in a, in a small country town, a coal mining town, um, which, you know, sport was huge. Um, so I always played a lot of sport as a kid. I, my big goal was to play basketball for Australia. Um, loved Michelle Teams and Tully Bevilacqua. 
um, growing up and I I got to the age of 14, broke my collarbone twice playing um, state country and realised I was um, too short, too slow and, to be honest, not particularly talented. Um, so decided to, to watch sport for a living instead. Um, and so I sat down with mum and worked out what the best – um, best pathway was for me to become a, a sports broadcaster. At the time, there was no, um, there were no actual courses for sports broadcasting. There were there were just journalism courses. Yeah. So we picked the best one, and uh, yeah, moved to Perth when I was seventeen, and and you know went on my way to to becoming a, a sports journalist. And everything in uni, even though it was journalism, I sort of tried to tailor everything towards um, sport, which as a woman, there was a lot of people who sort of discouraged that and, you know, said, oh, look, there's not many jobs for for girls in sport, so maybe you should be, you know, having a bit more of a broad focus. But I didn't want to be a journalist. I wanted to be a sports journalist. So yeah. I sort of, you know, ignored that advice and, um, yeah, eventually got a job, uh, just turned 21, uh, did a lot of work experience and got a job out of that at Channel 7 and, um, yeah, through Perth and Sydney and Melbourne and 15 or so years on, here we are. Yeah, very. and you, just, you said you ignored that, that kind of advice. What, what was the reason you ignored that? Because obviously it's hard for a woman to get into um, you know, a male-dominated industry like you know, sports. So what made you ignore that advice and keep pushing um, for your goal? Well, I figured it wasn't impossible. Mm. There, you know, there weren't zero women doing it. Um, you know, there were a, a few and... And I just figured I, I could, why couldn't I be one of them? Um, I'm, I'm actually reading Julia Gillard's book at the moment, Women and Leadership, and um, and definitely I'm about to turn 35 and, and having a lot of thoughts about what it's like being a woman in male-dominated industries and um, and how hard it is to, to progress into a leadership role given how gendered the world is. And, yeah, it's definitely... It, it, it it's it's interesting being at this point in my life um and and reflecting back to when i was a kid and um and there's so much as a as a girl that was different you know i played soccer with all the boys mm. i was the only girl on the team footy wasn't even on the cards yeah. you know where i was now it's different obviously um i would have loved to have played cricket as, as a young girl but it didn't even occur to me to do that i played in the backyard with my with my brothers and my dad but um and I came from a family where both of my grandmothers loved sport mad for it um you know my nana would talk about the invincibles and um you know they love tennis and cricket and footy um so I at least had that example in my life um and my mum loved sport as well but yeah, you do a lot of reflecting. I'm glad that I did do it, but there's still a bloody long way to go, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted to touch on the, the footy show um, briefly, if that's okay. You came in at a well-publicized, you know, struggling time for the program, and some people even said you, you were handed a poison chalice for that role of hosting the show. Um, why did you accept that challenge, and how did you find the experience? I accepted it because I never want to make decisions based out of fear. I knew that there was a massive possibility it wasn't wasn't going to work mm-hmm. um, or wasn't going to succeed. But I never want to say no because I'm scared of failing. That shouldn't be a motivation for people. How are we ever going to get anywhere if if you say no because because you're scared of failing? Mm-hmm. Um, I figured, yeah, it was an uphill battle, but if it, if it worked, what a bloody comeback story, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
and I definitely don't regret doing it because the couple of months that we did do it were some of my most fun experiences working with people that were passionate, wanted to be there um, and loved doing it. I think we put together a really good product that the players and coaches really enjoyed being on um, and, look, given given different circumstances, different name, different whatever, there's, there's nothing to say the actual show wouldn't have worked. Um, so I definitely don't regret it. Uh, I learned a lot from the experience. It was definitely a lot more public and, and all those sorts of things. But I never want to be somebody that doesn't take on something because I'm scared and I never want to be somebody that cheers on, on the failure of something else. So I think, you know, people just generally, if, if we all cheered on the success rather than the, the wishing of failure, then it, it'd just be a better place <laughs> to sort of be i guess that's it no that's very inspirational i love that um but how do you how do you kind of deal with that that pressure like you you go on a show everyone's already critical before you even even get there obviously a lot of people deal with pressure in in different ways how do you deal with something like that is that something you're thinking about being judged on social media and that sort of thing or does it not enter your mind it really didn't enter my mind too much like i was aware of it and i think i was a bit surprised by just you know it was it was a week out or something from it from an election or it was something like that and and the footy show being axed was front page news <laughs> yeah. and i was sitting there going hang on people are going to look back at this time and go there was a, an election happening why is that the front page yeah. like you know global warming should matter you know yeah. these sorts of things so i think it surprised me maybe i was a bit naive in that way but but i as far as actually doing the job, no, it never entered my mind, never made me more nervous on air or more worried because I was just doing my job and I was really confident in the, in the team around me. Um, like I say that everyone wanted to be there. Everyone was inspiring. Um, we were producing something that was, I think good TV and I've worked in a lot of TV, a lot of different stations in different States and, um, some in, in other parts of the world. And I, I think I've, after the amount of television that I've done, I think I've got a pretty good understanding of when they're, when it's actually good TV or not. Mm. And and that doesn't necessarily equate to, to inverted commas, success. So I, I never um, worried about that from do, you know actually doing my job, yep. if that makes sense. Yeah, that's great. It will obviously show a lot of resilience. And even at the end of last year when you, you were faced with a difficult situation, uh, you left Fox Sports and unfortunately due to social media and the news outlets these days, there's a bit of speculation about you and that sort of thing. But your response to that was, was really impressive and seems like nothing phases you. But was that, a, was that a difficult time in your life? Oh, no, it's definitely challenging. I mean, I was that... I was there for 10 years, mm. so it's a massive chunk of my life. And inherently the role that I was doing, you know, a lot of cricket and, and footy and those sorts of things, I, I missed pretty much every Christmas, every Easter, every weekend. There's there's a lot of personal stuff that, that you give up, and that's not complaining. Mm. I, I love my job. I have no issues giving that up. But inherently the job does impact your personal life. Um, so what it, it does feel personal when something like that happens. Um and it's taken me, you know, a lot of time to, to work through what happened um, and particularly, you know, with, with isolation. Like I was able to move on pretty quickly with work at the start of this year with the Super Bowl and yeah. Australian Open and Women's World Cup and those sorts of things. But when all of those opportunities obviously were taken off the table with, with the pandemic, um, I was, you know, forced to, to really deal with a lot of the stuff that happened to me last year and it was incredibly challenging. Um 
but I'm really lucky in that social media for a lot of people represents a, a really negative space. For me, social media has been 99% positive. Um, I've got a lot of support from people in the public and that's definitely helped me. Um, total strangers saying really lovely things to me. So that was definitely um, helped me through to, to feel like I did contribute something and did put something out there that people valued um, because I think that whether or not you know someone or not should not impact whether their opinion matters. I think it's whether or not they're saying things that line up with your values. Mm -hmm. So if a total stranger says something to me that lines up with my values, I think that should mean something to me as much as if it's a family member or a friend, if that makes any sense. Um, So, yeah, I, I think, you know, I had, I had a good mate of mine say to me, you know, you need a few setbacks so you've got a story. So <laughs> it. hopefully it's just all part of the wider story and um, and it all works out in the end. But no doubt it was it was bloody difficult mm. and, it, and it's, you know, it's still, still difficult for sure. Mm. Uh, you touched on it before, but you are a huge role model for aspiring journos and sports media professionals around the country, especially for those females. Um, do you have one piece of advice or one message that, that can help them? I would say... Uh, listen to, to people when somebody says something make sure you actually hear what they say um, and yeah I, I think if you're just starting out make sure you're doing all the work experience and all those sorts of opportunities but I think just believe in yourself but but never be too arrogant that you don't you don't hear someone else out but you know there are also things that people will say to you along the way that you know in your heart of hearts are wrong, so that doesn't necessarily mean you should take it on board. Um, but, yeah, definitely do try and listen to people, particularly, um, you know, young men out there. If if a, if a woman says something, like, hear them out. Um, don't immediately assume that that they're sort of complaining about it. Actually take the time to, to listen to their experience um, and maybe ask yourself, what can I do better to, to make things better? And particularly boys of, you know, your generation, like you've got such an important role um, to help empower women and um, and be teammates rather than, you know, have, have power with rather than power over. Yeah. We'll be back after a quick break. As a Fremantle supporter uh, on the weekend, how did you cope with Saturday night? There <laughs> must have been some nervy times late in the game. You know what? It was it was hard to watch. I was happy for Jack Nunes because he's a he's a you know good good young bloke, and I was uh, it was just an amazing kick. Whether you think that the freeze ahead of that were you know were fair enough or not, it was an incredible kick under immense pressure. Yeah. And straight afterwards, you know what I thought? I thought. There's a lot more Victorian Carlton supporters that needed that 
than West Australians right now. <laughs> so I was willing to, yeah. to accept that in a year where, you know, finals are probably not the end game where, mm-hmm. where um, you know, we're trying to to bring up a bunch of kids and, and, um, and get to that next, next phase. So I actually, I, I was happy to be happy for, Carlton supporters, which maybe that makes me sound um, unpurple, but <laughs> I, I just I think Victoria needs all the positivity they can get at the moment, and Western Australia they're fine over there. <laughs> yeah, definitely good. Looking at the bigger picture, I like it, and the bigger yeah. picture for Freo now looks pretty good too. I think you must be pretty happy with with the Dockers how they're going under under Justin Longmill. Yeah, look, he seems like a really great, humble bloke um, that's got the right ideas for the culture of the place. And yeah. I must admit, I'm I'm more excited about the kids now than I've been since sort of 08, 09 mm. when um, there was a lot of, you know, young, talented kids picked up like Walters and Fife and um, Morabito, even though he never went on, he definitely could have if he didn't have all those knee reconstructions. Stephen Hill, um, that crop of blokes around that age, um, you know, were the, the sort of core group that, got to the 2013 grand final um, and, and a bit of success around that. So I think the, the young guys now, Chera, Brayshaw, Sarong, you know, there's so many of them that I think that the core group is there again. So it, it is actually pretty exciting, yeah. hopefully in a few years' time, if they all stick around. That's right. They're looking good. But they, they can't win the flag this year, obviously. But who who do you think will win the flag? And, you know, I'm a Richmond supporter, so be be very measured when you when you answer this because mate we're, you've we're... had enough success um <laughs> I, we've had a bit of pain too <laughs> i think it's going to be interesting with finals and grand final likely to be in brisbane yeah. um or queensland at least i mm. think um that gives yeah fags boys a, a real real good shot at things. Um, I think West Coast are obviously, you know, up and about after a bit of a slow start. Um, yeah, and and you, you can't you can't rule out Port Adelaide either, obviously, <laughs> the way that they're going. But, yeah, I, I just I feel like with the hub situation and everything, the Lions could be a, a mm. really good, good chance of coming home strong. Definitely. And they were impressive last year, but they were playing a different style of footy. This year, they've been more direct. They've played more exciting footy, more consistent footy, and they're starting to score as well. So they are. I think they're our biggest threat. I still think the Tigers can do it, but I think the Lions are the biggest threat. The big okay. thing for the Tigers as well is that they've had so many outs with injury mm. and, um, you know, and if you can still get wins on the board when, when you're facing that sort of adversity, it always puts you in pretty good stead for the back half of the year. But, yeah, we all got to remember that, what was it, eight, eight in a row at the MCG last year <laughs> to finish the season? So I'm not sure how hard life will go for the whole season. That's so. right. We've been pretty we'll good. See. We've been pretty good up at Queensland, so it's not, not too bad. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Ten quick, uh, quick fire questions for you to end off with, if that's okay. No worries. All right, let's do it. Number one, uh, your favourite food, Nez? My favourite food? Look, if I could eat it every day and not get super, super fat, I'd have really good pasta every pasta, day. Yeah, yeah, love it. Do you make your own, your own sauce or is there a particular one you like, carbonara, bolognese? Yeah, I like to make my own sauce. I love a really good spaghetti marinara. Yeah, um, nice. So those sorts of things. But yeah, I quite enjoy cooking. Um, yeah, but I tend to go for the old zoodles because it's a bit healthier. <laughs> yeah. Especially in isolation when I'm not moving much. Oh, definitely. Uh, Favourite movie? Uh, 
Forrest Gump. Doesn't matter how many times I I watch it. If I flick to it on the on the TV, I somehow end up watching it to the very end again. <laughs> Tom Hanks is the greatest actor um, ever seen, and anyone who wants to argue with me has to come up with somebody who makes you care about a volleyball as much as he does. There you go, very nice. Uh, which, out of all the sports, so you've got your AFL, cricket, tennis, basketball, even NFL, which has given you the best experience? You get to choose one. Oh, the best experience. I've never been asked that. That's a good question. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the best one-off experience uh, is different, but I would say overall, the mates and camaraderie and storytelling out of cricket and being on tour is unrivaled because you've got so much time with rain delays and you know fielding and all that sort of stuff that there's just so much time to build relationships mm-hmm. yeah nice good one but the nfl quickly that was amazing to go over there yeah the super bowl was unbelievable and i spent six months living in the states um as a student so ever since then i've i've just bucket list was to go to the super bowl even yeah. before then but definitely once i lived there and um, you know, you talk about things like what happened at Fox. Look, if that didn't happen, I never would have gone to the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, you, you take some wins out of adversity. And, and that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And I, I frequently have reminded myself or gone back and looked at photos during this lockdown period to remind myself that that was also <laughs> yeah. 2020. So it's not a total right. That's right. Yeah, good. Sorry, this was supposed to be quick fire, but I was interested about that. <laughs> best uh, Number five, best holiday destination. And I know you've been on a few. I love travel. Yeah. Um, Jamaica was one of my favourite places I've ever gone to. Would highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I would say Raja Ampat um, in West Papua is just a phenomenal, phenomenal place and um, one of the, yeah, couple of weeks of my life that I will never forget. Yeah, brilliant. And if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Would it still be here in Australia? Uh, it'd be fun to go and live somewhere else in the world for a while. I could imagine myself one day, you know, just going and living in Italy and just mm. eating all the pasta in the world <laughs> when I no longer have to worry about whether I'm, you know, half decent looking or on TV and in HD and all those sorts of things. To just go and get fat living in Italy would be pretty fun, I reckon. It would be fun. Uh, your favourite footy player of all time? Probably have to say Tony Modra, I reckon. Oh yeah, nice. Um, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one. And you know what? I'll give a special shout out, and and people will think I'm a bit crazy for this, but to go to a game live, Hayden Valentine is one of the great <laughs> players to watch because it's all the stuff that he does off the ball. That kid ran harder than anyone just to get on the end of it. Um, and you, you always see him in the highlights how exhausted he is yeah. after every goal he kicks, and it's because he busted an absolute gut to get there in the first place. So the things that you don't see on TV, he was always really fun to watch. Who inspires you? Who inspires me? Um, oh, lots of people inspire me. Um, my parents inspire me. My best mate, um, who no one knows about inspires the hell out of me because she's overcome so much adversity in her life and I often think if, if she's, you know, still kicking goals, then, then anyone can. Um, and, and my brother's massively. My, my oldest brother um, had a dream to play hockey for Australia and 
um, he, he, you know, didn't achieve it until he was he was 29, but he achieved it, and I think that's that's super inspirational. Sports people who who reach their goals at at an older age, and then my other brother is an actor, and that's one of the hardest, mm. you know, industries in 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 the world really yeah. to, to be successful at, and he's he's been pretty successful. That's not short fire, and it's no one that anyone knows, but they they inspire me. Yeah. Love it. Uh, second last, phone call or text? What do you prefer? Oh, phone call, I reckon. And yeah. I hate emojis. <laughs> yeah, I hate emojis. All right, cool. I'll keep that in mind when I send you a thank you <laughs> message. Um, last one. If you're allowed to pick an unlimited spending voucher for any store or shop in Australia, what would it be? That's hard. Can I, oh, maybe like something travel related. Travel related, like um, yeah. Like, I, I can I can tell you if I had a if I had a um, superpower, it wouldn't be like invisible or flying or anything. It would be, um, and people may have guessed it by listening yeah. to this already. It would be the ability to eat without getting fat <laughs> or unhealthy. Just yeah. eating until the end of time. Yeah. How much fun would that be if you just eat whenever oh, you want to and not have to worry about the consequences of it? I know, and I've got an Italian background, and my nonna cooks the best pasta, so I can definitely oh, relate. Well, when, when the lockdown's over, nonna needs to cook me some pasta. 100%. Don't worry, it's a deal. Done. <laughs> Perfect. There's, that's everything. I can't thank you enough for coming on and having a chat. Uh, you're an outstanding professional and an inspiration to me and many others around Australia. Thank you so, so much. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.